Hello, and welcome back to the KedCast. My name is Ethan, and today I'm joined by another guest. Guest, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Eric Ramos. I'm a third-year civil engineering major from Katy, Texas. Do you always introduce yourself in real life, in normal conversations with people, with your major and your year? Like, that's like... I never introduce myself with that. That's that's one of those things that's just like, unless someone, like, like, like it's so mechanistic. <laughs> I thought it would be funny to lead with that. I don't know. I... <laughs> you see my here mentioned in the fact that I'm a fourth year electrical computer engineering major. This is not one of the important things about myself, I will say. <laughs> no, I know, but I thought it would be funny to, to lead with that. You know what also gets me? The people who are like, hi, I'm Ethan. I'm a beloved son of God. It's like, yeah, you, you are. Nice. Uh, good to know. Okay, I see. Well, I don't use that in casual conversation. Should I? I think it would be kind of kind of good, right, to just reaffirm that. It it is a good, very reaffirmable thing. But like, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I I shouldn't hate on people who 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 use that as their go to intro. It, it's a very nice trait to have uh, that we all have. But it, it's good to recognize it in yourself that you are a beloved son of the Father. <laughs> good. That's good to know. <laughs> You know, the thing is, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a daughter of God. But for some reason, there's an aversion to saying, like, ah, oh, yes, I'm I'm a son of God. Because the son of God, like, is definitely a person who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's one of those things, like, there's, like, a, a mild conflation there. And saying son of God is almost like a term of art. So sometimes they're real weirded out. And they want to say, oh, I'm a son of God. It sounds a little too, like, pretentious, you know. But then I think you're you're thinking too far into that. It's like, you're thinking too far into that then because, like, because you are a son of God. Right. But I think the intention behind it is not to put yourself over over Jesus, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that, that's more of just like a, a notice with how the English language works and how we happen to assemble those words together. It's 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 cool. I do like examining how the words of English are assembled together. That's most of my podcast. Would you know? Do you listen to my podcast, actually? I'm guilty of this. I am not a... A regular listener of the KedCast. I only listen to a couple. It's okay. You don't need to listen to all of them. Not 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 everyone can be can be great. It's okay. It's 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 whatever. So 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 so. Whenever you told me, Ethan, I want to be on the podcast. Like, what specifically did you intend on talking about? And go go ahead. G -g 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 give a little thing. Well, I really just wanted to be on the podcast because I thought it would be a lot of fun. So, like the casual. I really didn't have a plan of going into this. I just wanted to be to be in on it. Is that is that wrong to say? It's not. Uh, yeah, but I mean, are you having fun? Or are you feeling the pressure of what it means to be on the podcast with Ethan Wang? <laughs> no, I don't feel the pressure. I think this is just a casual conversation between between two friends, two brothers. So I think it's. I'm, I'm glad to be here. You know, it's it's cute that you think that you're my friend. Very nice. <laughs> So, you said you wanted to talk about food. What about food? I did want to talk about food because I love to cook. It's definitely something that I enjoy to do. I enjoy doing. And whenever I think of cooking, I always think of the other person that's receiving that. Cooking too. Because it's yummy. <laughs> How simple. Is there, is there more to that, Ethan? Of course there's more to that. I think oftentimes in life, the ways that we give and receive love are often reflective of the way that uh, love was given and received by us, especially when we were young. I think especially as like uh, an Asian person, Asian American living in America. I don't know. I know sometimes it's like a lot of American parents, they'll, they're the, like words of affirmation or like physical touch, like hugs and stuff. But I don't know. It's just like an Asian thing. Or maybe it's just my parents. I love them. They're wonderful. But it's less of like, that vibe so there's a lot of like the way that the that that love is like exchange is often in acts of service or in gift giving and i think uh food is like both of those things so whenever like uh i go i come i go home for the, the holidays and my my parents make food for me like it's very life-giving and, and loving in that way and i think that, that that's a part of the reason why i like to cook especially here at the university catholic center and i I'm, i cook staff everything and part of it is it, it's like that service but it's also like that like I, i'm not a very like like huggy touchy uh like like a uh, lovey-dovey words person so it's 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 a very much the vibe of like 
tell me you care without telling me you care kind of Asian dad kind of vibe. And that, and that, that, that is one of the reasons I like cooking. Is that deep enough for you? <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Ethan. That was, that was very lovely to hear that because I also think the same way because like whenever I think of cooking, I think of my mom, right? And whenever, whenever I cook, I always, I always think of like how my mom would always make us food like after school because I started cooking in high school because my mom would work late at night. So which means me, whenever me and my um, sister would arrive from high school and we'd, we'd have to take care of my little brother. Someone had to cook food. My sister wasn't cooking food. So I was like, let me, let me pick some stuff up. All, all I know is that it expanded there because of like the pandemic and such. I never thought into it. But like thinking about it now, it's like whenever I think about food, I think about how my mom used to make that like a like a thing of comfort for us. It's like we're being nourished, you know. It's good. I like sometimes I think about like, oh, I miss my mom's cooking, you know. So I don't know. Kind of the, I'm in the same boat, really. It's like we're not really a, a huggy type family, but as we as we got into like now we're a little bit more split off i think a lot about how my mom would make food and stuff and it, it i keep asking i'm like mom can nana can you can you send me the recipe for your adobo and i'm like and she's like no you got to make it yourself i'm like no but i don't want my own adobo i want yours but she she likes to joke around it uh, joke around with it a lot and she's like um she usually cuz she doesn't have a recipe she just cooks which is crazy cuz i'm like how am i going to how am I going to learn this to pass on to my children or something, right? But it's like she just does things on her own that she learned from her mom. So, which she's not here with us anymore. But um, I can't really learn those things from her because she doesn't have a set recipe. So she does everything by feel. And I'm like, that is a talent. Because sometimes I find with cooking, the reason why I love cooking more than I like baking is because baking is so precise. Which makes it easy, but also annoying. There are many times in life where we want that level of control. And whenever we're told that things are like very free-flowing or that you just have to trust, that it's, it's sometimes hard to do that. But I don't know. As someone who, like, I started with the recipes. But after a while, at this point, I just, like, put stuff together. I do everything by taste. And I can, like, make the same recipe twice. It's not the same, but, like, it is the same. Because I've done it so many times before. Exactly. And that's... And just repetition... Of the things that um, that you enjoy, and then little tweaks, you know, improving on what it is you didn't like before, you know, it's it's growth, and that's like that's cooking, like you you learn to adjust and such. Yeah, sometimes you try something a little different, it goes horribly wrong, and you just don't do that again, and it's like a learning process, but it's very organic. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that's really the extent of why I like cooking is like, because it's, um, I find a lot of joy in like learning what it is that I messed up on, what I can improve on so that there's a better product for the other person that's receiving the food that I'm, I'm making, whether it be myself or, or, or another person, like my roommate or something like that, my sister, my, my parents. What's the thing that you're most proud of cooking? Like, it could have been, like, maybe you cooked Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe you, like, like cooked food for someone else's date. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Here you go. Here you, go. <laughs> you know, I don't have a specific thing because every time I cook, I feel proud. Whenever, whenever I make such a, like a meal because I get to eat, you know. Some people don't get that. And so every time I make a meal, I appreciate what it is, failures and all, right? However, if I were to pick a food that I really, um, it was um, last Christmas, uh, we had, um, or not, but just, just this past Christmas, I had um, like this, I had this um, rib roast that I really liked. <laughs> it was, it was, it's a lot of fun to cook because, um, I don't know, it's a large piece of meat and you need to be able to, control temperatures on the inside and then whenever whenever you cut into it and it's that perfect medium rare it's such a rewarding feeling you're like ah oh. like it it i don't know 
Yeah, something about that feeling just hits different because it's like, I don't know what it looks like and you cut it open and you're like, oh, it's perfect. Yeah, I have like a 10-pound Vibros that I got over Christmas break that I it's just chilling in my freezer. I have yet to cook it. I'll probably cook that sometime. Thanks for reminding me. It's a good idea. I I remember as well, Um, what was it, the second week of January where we smoked a brisket at your place? That was also a lot of fun. Yeah, that's my first time smoking a brisket. And it wasn't nearly as tender as I wanted it to be, but it still tasted very good. Like, like you've seen the pictures. You were also there. It's, it's, it was, yeah, it certainly looked like a brisket that was smoked. It had a little smoke edge ring looking thing. It was, it was definitely a very, a very scrumptious boy. Yeah. Because like, I know with a brisket, just from like videos that I watch on YouTube, and that, by the way, that's how I learn everything about my cooking. Me too. It's just YouTube videos. Guys, if you don't know how to cook, you're lying. Because you could just go onto YouTube, just find any video. Go on TikTok, you'll find a cooking video. It's so easy to learn. Cooking is is a, is, is a very easy skill to learn. Um, but I know with brisket, whenever you cut it, you, um, and there's like this thing called the bend test, right? And like you'd pick it up and it, sh- it shouldn't, it should be tender to the point where when you hold it up with just one finger, it will bend around your finger, but it won't break. Which we didn't have, but that's okay. We're in fact very far from having that <laughs> failure method because it is, I don't know, this, this is one of those things where if you ever braise or slow cook a, a cut of meat, there's kind of like, um, and I'm getting this from uh, J. Kenji Lopez-Alt, who is like a, a He's a very good food writer, but he talks about how, uh, and this is completely made up by him, but it, the, it, the logic makes sense, where whenever you cook, so a big part of cooking, cooking tougher cuts of meat, like brisket, like chuck, uh, is that you want to cook it for long periods of time so that the collagen breaks down into gelatin with temperature and time. And there's kind of like this primary breakdown first, where instead of it being like a tougher cut, it's like that that collagen melts into like the gelatin, and that's what makes it like, 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 kind of almost like creamy and smooth and like very squishy and tender, yet it still holds together as like one piece. But if you keep cooking it for long enough, it starts to break down in terms of like the individual, like it, like it, it'll, and when you pick it up, it like naturally shreds like, like pulled pork. And then that's like a secondary breakdown. And then there's a tertiary breakdown of like, after a while, the individual shreds start breaking down and starts becoming like mush thing. That's very undesirable. So like, you can't overcook like a braise, but like you can because you, you don't want stuff to break down, especially too much. Especially if you're making like a pot roast or a beef bourguignon, like you still want those to be chunky. But if you're cooking like like a pulled pork or like a barbacoa, you want it to kind of shred to that secondary uh, breakdown instead of that primary. But for the pot roast, you want the primary and the tertiary. I don't know what you're making, some soup thing. Yeah, but usually you still want some meatiness to your meat, else just do something else. Yeah, and I wanted to ask because. Normally, whenever it's a crazy segue, but like whenever um you, I want to ask you about your like pork ribs preference. Whenever I like my ribs, because you know how there's people that like fall off the bone ribs. That bothers me. I don't like fall off the bone ribs because if I'm gonna have like a like a barbecue rib, I want it to have some bite, you know, and like I don't know. People that say they like fall off the bone ribs is kind of kind of wild to me because. How are you holding it? You know, you're eating it like a rib. You're just you're just eating braised pork or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like uh like braising that cut of of the pig that much is suitable for some like ways to eat it. But I think if you're eating like barbecue ribs, I don't want fall off the bone ribs. I want to bite that pork off. Of, I, I want that chewiness. That's part of the. I don't know. All these Americans where they're like they're not eating eating like food off the bone have you seen tyler dang chicken wings like 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 i am proud of that man i am so proud of him like i'm like a proud father for the way tyler dang eats his chicken wings like he eats them clean like it's it's so wonderful like some people like americans like oh it's, it's on the bone it's, it's chicken wings is, is the time that americans most encounter the bone but even like ribs like they're not willing to gnaw on the bone you go to like korean barbecue you order like the the marinated beef short rib uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's like I don't, it's, whenever, I remember in high school, um, or even just now, whenever I eat, like, chicken wings with, with people, and they're not eating, like, the cartilage, like, they're not, like, digging in there or something, I'm like, why aren't you, there's still meat there, guys. Or, like, they're eating the flap, 
and like they don't even break the bone apart into two and like there's still so much like like sometimes sometimes i'm like yo you gonna finish that and then i like eat it for them or not eat it for them i eat it because i want to eat it and they're not going to do so uh-huh. that's that's kind of okay i know i know well that's why the the most efficient way of eating the flats what i think is like you push down the meat so that it looks like a lollipop and then you dip it in controversial blue cheese that is the best dip for wings i don't care what anyone says blue cheese is the best dip you push it down so that all the meat goes to one side and you just just slurp right off personally for my wings i'm a big ranch guy but more than ranch i'm a big buffalo sauce guy and i'm a big laogan ma guy <laughs> i could bro I, the amount of like how the amount of meals i've cooked at home for the past 3 weeks a majority of them, probably 80%, I put Laogan Ma on it somewhere. I love that stuff. So Laogan Ma is like a brand. Uh, I specifically am eating the spicy chili crisp. It's similar to like a like a Sichuan chili oil. It's a little bit different, but it's it's a product you can buy at the Asian supermarket. If anything, you can you can buy it at H E B too, but it's just a little more expensive. But yeah, spicy chili crisp. It's like a it's like a hot chili oil and it has like crispy bits of chili in it. It's really good. It's got, it's got kind of like that Chinese, like almost like five spicy flavor, but that chili oil flavor. Would recommend. It's like a nice condiment topping. It's kind of like what I, I use it similar to how like people use buffalo sauce, especially like Valentina. Think some like a hot sauce someone would put on like various things. I think it's like one of the best tasting things ever. And on Laogama, it's like I've been like uh, I spend a lot more time with Ethan recently, and I'm learning of like just his how he uses Laogama and everything. And I've started doing that too. I remember I made this um, this spaghetti with with mild Italian sausage and ground beef i made a spaghetti but i was like i want to add a little bit of kick but i don't have any chili flakes so i was like i want to cook the garlic and some oil so i took the oil from the laganma and the crisp so that i would get some kick my goodness it stepped it up a little bit more it's like it's a different flavor profile where now it's not really italian but it's got that um it's got a very distinct flavor and it it was really good if you ever make spaghetti and you want to add like some kick or um or just like, yeah, just some kick, some a, di- a little bit of a different taste. Put Laogan Ma in it. It'll, it'll step it up a little bit more. Yeah, that Asian kick is always great. So sometimes I'll make food and I'm like, man, this doesn't taste that good. And so I either add Laogan Ma, soy sauce, or sesame oil. So once I went to like a, a potluck thing and I brought beans and coleslaw, but both of them had soy sauce and sesame oil in, in it. And I, I it was like a, a watch party for one of the Texas football games uh, last semester. Um, and I, I showed it, I, I had the host try some, he's like, Hmm, it tastes Asian. And I'm like, that is, that is correct. It, 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 it is indeed Asian. And it was, uh, it was good. I think that one only brought coleslaw, but there were other times where I brought people sesame oil, taste in beans looking thing. I, I haven't, I have never tried that. Mine hasn't, mine hasn't been that crazy, but I know, um, cause me and my roommate, we like to do Super Bowl parties and stuff, but it's usually just me, him and his girlfriend. So not really a party, but like a little get together. We'll we'll have uh, food for the Super Bowl. I want to try something to do with the wings with Laoganma. And I was thinking, I asked you this before, but I was thinking like a soy garlic Laoganma sauce. And then I'll have my regular like barbecue or whatever. But that just a different wing because I always do just the regular buffalo, blah, 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 garlic, garlic butter, whatever. My favorite thing to put on wings is buffalo sauce. Plus Laogan Ma. It's it's just it's just I I I really like buffalo sauce. I really like Laogan Ma. Match made in heaven. I've never tried that. That seems kinda kinda wild to me, but I may I may have to try that. But I'm still gonna try the the soy garlic um honey Laogan Ma sauce because I don't know. It's like cause Korean fried chicken and that kind of deal. But I won't be frying it because frying takes too long and I don't know. It's a mess. Speaking of a match made in heaven, I just was earlier today was I went to mass and I was just thinking about the match made in heaven, the love between Christ and his bride to the church. It just, it's just, it's just, I don't know. makes me happy. What, what do you think? It, it also makes me happy because what we had talked about is true. What do you, what we had talked about? What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about, Eric? What's happening? What's happening? Um, am I, am I, is it okay to say? So, so, so basically, uh, Eric asked me a question that was like, oh, uh, like, why aren't we married in 
heaven like like why like 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 why aren't we married in heaven if we're like if you're like you, you you like i'm a guy so if i if i if i married to my wife that like what like why does that stop when it gets to heaven and so i i mean do, do you remember what i told you eric yes what he told me was and i'm probably gonna butcher this because you explain things so well but thank you but <laughs> i had said that um or we talked about how like in heaven, you won't be married to your spouse because the marriage on earth is a sign leading to heaven. So why are you going to look for a sign leading you closer to heaven if you're already in heaven? That was the gen. That was like a concise summary that doesn't really explain things. But I'll have Ethan explain it. No, I gotta explain it. No, that's, that seems fine enough. No. So. I like to bake, right? And one of the the persons that I like to, one of the saints with whom I have a good like relationship, friendship with, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I feel like she's a great intercessor for especially baking because she baked in her womb the bread of life. Amen. My goodness. I don't know how to follow. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's true. Like, it is through the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary that that she she forms the, the, the bread of life. She forms the body of Christ, and so too, like we are the body of Christ. So in a special way, like we should ask the Blessed Mother to like form us in her womb. Ah, wow. That I mean, how do I follow that? Like, you can talk about what you think of it. You can move on to a completely different topic. There's a lot of things you could do to follow that. Yeah. Well. Since we're on the topic of relationship with the saints, I had asked um, Ethan the question, or uh, um, like, is it is it right to say friendship or is it right to say relationship? And he had explained to me like they're the same thing, basically. It, or, well, like it's a smaller circle, bigger circle thing where like a square is a type of quadrilateral, and like a friendship is like a type of relationship. Relationship is just how one relates to something, like one else, like. Yeah, my relationship with you is that you think that I'm your friend. Yeah, it's one of the. <laughs> am I am I not your friend, Ethan? No. <laughs> there, there's your answer, guys. But um, on the topic of saints, um, there's been a a friendship that I've been forming with um, Saint Philip Neri recently, and I had been um, just reading stuff about Saint Philip Neri because I don't know something about just how much. Because he, uh, he's a patron saint of joy and happiness. And um, I like to live my life with a lot of joy and a lot of happiness. I think it's very evident whenever you hear me upstairs and I have this loud guttural laugh that, that, you, can, that you can hear from anywhere. So it's definitely, he's definitely one of the saints that I, um, I talk to a lot whenever it comes to like, I don't know, just living my life as a, as a man. I think you are a very joyful guy. I like your laugh. You have a very beautiful laugh. Thank you. I get that a lot. There was this one time in fifth grade. I think about this sometimes too. There was a there was a teacher in fifth grade that that told me, "Hey Eric, you you laugh a little too loud." And I went, and I it makes me it, I think about it a lot. So I'm like, oh, really? But as I've as I've gotten to grow in relationship with with the Lord, I realized that God gave me this laugh. For a reason, why not use it? Yeah, I mean that's good, but like sometimes there are sound considerations, of course, and you recognize that. But like, don't hide who you are, you know. So, uh, I was at like a religious retreat kind of thing, and no, sorry, have you ever heard me sing, Eric? I have heard Ethan sing. Like, have you heard me sing? Like. The one where it's like really loud and it's very diaphragmy and it's like booming and echoing and it feels like it's coming from all directions. That's every time you sing. But the where I hear it the most is at is during adoration, which we have at um eight PM every Thursday night. At the University Catholic Center in the Holy Spirit Chapel. And there's also confession during that time. And if you are there, your confession will be heard. You will not get turned away, even if the time ends. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Yes, 
Going to confession is highly encouraged. Please go to that. But you were saying. Yes. So I hear Ethan's um, Ethan's uh, singing voice um, during adoration a lot. Yeah. So I was at this like religious like retreat thing and they were like, oh, a big part of singing is that like we kind of like where I was at. They were like, oh, yeah. Well, one of our emphasis on singing is that we like to sing with one. So if any one person is too loud or if you can't hear the person next to you you might be a little too loud so maybe decrease your volume because we want to sing with one voice and i actually like i like that a lot so recently like especially like if i'm at mass i want to give glory to god great but i'm just like singing with the group kind of thing like i'll probably decrease my volume not be as loud because i like like the unity the christian unity or like the catholic unity aspect of like you we sing with one voice i'm like that, that that's pretty nice so it's not that i'm not singing it's that i don't know it's 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 very cool to sing together not just yeah, and that's a that's another beautiful thing that I learned here at the UCC is like we during for example the mass um we try we not try but we do um unite as one right with with the lord as his bride and like when you talk about singing like um with one voice I think I think that's very um it's very nice to hear this like you know how to um like I guess so, cause, so you don't want to provide a distraction for others, right? That's that's what that's what it is. Is like you don't want to be a distraction to others, so you don't sing as loud, which is very very nice. But I do love your singing voice. It's not against it, right? But it, this is me drawing a parallel with your laugh as well. So, yeah. no, I get it. I I mean, I I I have various different laughs. You know, I I laugh very loud, and then there's also this like giggling laugh. There's also this curious George laugh that I have. But it hasn't, I don't know. There's time, there's a time and a place for each of my various laughs. I also have a very like, oh, that is really funny, like giga laugh, though. It comes out very uh seldom because I don't know, I think most people just aren't that funny. <laughs> no, I'm 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 kidding. <laughs> that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that like some people are funnier than others, but I don't know. I think a lot of people, a lot of people can be fun to be around without necessarily being funny. Like, I don't value my friendships because those people are like, make me laugh. Because also I'm like, harder to make laugh than others. It's a lot of, that's a lot of like, weird situational humor or very like, esoteric humor. Like, if someone like, I, I know a lot of realms of knowledge. So if someone makes a joke that's like, like, it's got a little bit of like swimming knowledge, a little bit of this knowledge. Like, like those are the kind of jokes that really resonate with me. Like, for instance, I showed you this joke where it's like the the Venn diagram and it's like incel and then XL. And the Venn diagram in the middle is incorrectly assuming that something is a date, <laughs> which is just really funny for like multiple reasons. Like, oh, love that. <laughs> I like those too. Those are really, those are really um smart jokes, which is, which is, which is very funny. I can't make those myself, but I do, I, I do like those. Those are funny. Yeah. Another thing, another thing I really like about humor is like, I'll, I'll make a joke that's very esoteric uh, or like very like requires lots of like bits of knowledge from a whole bunch of different things. And I'll say it's a group of like 20 people and I'll get 19 blank stares and then one laugh. And then one person laughing kind of looks around and is confused why other people aren't <laughs> laughing. Uh, but like that, 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 that laugh among the blank stares is like very joy inducing, I will say. <laughs> well, it's also kind of like one person amongst a group, you know? It, it, it's okay as long as you're making one person laugh right getting one person to laugh is already pretty tough in and of itself you don't need the whole room to enjoy you well i mean it, getting one person to laugh might be hard for you but for me it's 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 just my every day come on man relax well I, that made me think of um there was this uh time uh during the break where i just on youtube i'd all i'd watch are like norm mcdonald comedy videos but do not do i'm not endorsing that however i i myself enjoy those so <laughs> where were you going with that where were you going with that no it's it's because his style of humor is very different very unique it's a very whenever someone in the comedy world says like that's very normesque it's because he has a very distinct type of humor and like he doesn't care if the whole room laughs he's more He's more focused on whether or not he can make himself laugh, <laughs> which is very funny because, like, his style of humor is very dry and crazy and and funny to me. 
he doesn't he doesn't care about what other people think, and that's that's the important part of uh, that's why I, I I enjoy his his comedy. Yeah, my view of humor is kind of similar, where it's less of like like how many other people can I make laugh. Sometimes it's like what is like the most top tier like joke I can make. Many times it's a little bit of cleverness. Sometimes I also recognize that the only person who will get this joke is myself because <laughs> I'm just pulling from so many like esoteric things that only I know. But sometimes there are individuals who like do get the humor and like do know what I'm talking about. And in those times, uh, it, it's nice, uh, especially my friends with whom I share a common life and know some of the random stuff, the, the knowledge I know as well. I know for myself, I'm not a very good joke writer, but I don't, I don't make my own jokes very well. But I love, I love enjoying jokes in that whenever I hear something funny, I will laugh. I will acknowledge it. Um, and yeah, just because I find humor very, very good. Bro, I'm not out here like writing jokes. I just like say whatever in the moment. But I know that there are people who I know who are like very funny. But it's like, I don't know, there, there are people around whom I laugh and there are people who are just like funny where they'll say specific things that are like, like that was very good situational awareness and very good situational humor. Some some people come to mind, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. Who? Um, oh, I think, okay, I'll say one name. Lucy. Very funny. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I don't know that much, but. Yeah. Okay. Pineapples. The outside of them are poisonous, but the insides are quite scrumptious. I'll like buy them and then I'll like dry them out and they're like really, really delicious because uh, at home I have like a dehydrator. And so a dehydrator is basically an oven with a really low temperature and like room for lots of racks. So I'll like buy fruit and then like dehydrate it and just like have it in my fridge. And sometimes they're dry enough to where I don't need to have them in my fridge, but those are, uh, those are, those are pretty good. But like, uh, oh, but another thing is like some things like dried peaches or like dried strawberries. Sometimes they'll have like a different flavor than the actual original fruit. So like, I don't really like dried uh, peaches, but I, I really like fresh peaches. I don't know. Like, well, what, are some, what are some of your favorite dried fruits? What a crazy segue. Yeah, one of my favorite dried dried fruits is, um because I'm Filipino, I, I really love dried mangoes. Wait, isn't, it, isn't it like when you, when you dehydrate fruit, it becomes a more concentrated taste? Is that why it's different from like its fresh fruit? Uh, yeah, but also like if you have no moisture in it in, in it at all, it just becomes like a hard crisp, which is a different form factor. But sometimes you dehydrate just a little bit to where it's still a little squishy, but it has more of like a concentrated dried flavor. Um, so yeah, that, that that's a yeah, it just depends on how you do it. I don't eat many dried fruits. Yeah, the only thing that I know of is dried mangoes, and I will always be biased towards those because of my heritage and culture. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the podcast. The podcast knows your heritage and culture. Actually, you you said adobo, so the, I, I, but I, I, honestly, honestly, not a lot of people can probably pick, like point that to us. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But like, uh, like well, what's really good? I think I think dried figs are kind of nice. But sometimes you know you accidentally assume that it's a date, but it's not. It's a fig. Uh, but that happens from time to time. I've never I've never had figs or dates. Um, well, no, I probably I probably had. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> dried. I've never had those, those fruits. Never had dates before. It's okay, bro. Ethan. <laughs> no, I've never. I've never had had dates. Yeah, well, I like they're pretty good. I mean, I I, I would recommend you got you got to at least make some attempts out here. You, you know how it is. I'll try it one day. Yeah. Yeah, uh, let me know how it goes. Maybe I'll join you. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not. <laughs> you want me to like, uh, you want me to go, go find a date tree, uh, get some for you and then just give them to you and, and you, you, like, you're not even going to let me eat it with you, man? Come on. What's, what's, what's up? What's up? You got some problem with me? No, I don't. But you got to let me experience the dates on my own. No sense. That's not how food eating works. I feel like food is best enjoyed in community. One of the things I really like about food, uh, in addition to like the gift giving thing I talked about earlier, is like a big part of uh, what it means to, to, to like eat and the, the human experience of eating, both looking in history, is the fact that eating is like a very community thing. Like the, the thing of like, oh, I'm just going to go eat in my dorm. Oh, so sometimes it's like, uh, and different people have different family scenarios, but uh, families will be like, oh, like the parents made the food, the kid goes downstairs, grabs the food, go back to their room and eat it. Like, I don't know. G growing up, like I always ate 
with my mom, my dad, and my brother at the table. So like food is a very community thing. And I don't know. I, I think it's one of the things like I like cooking for the Catholic center, especially for retreats and stuff. Cause it's like food is like that common experience, that bonding, like a lot of the, like the, the deep retreat things are like nice, but like just getting to share a meal with people is like, I, I feel like that's when you get to know them the most. Cause like, honestly, like you've been on deep retreats, but like afterwards, like you might not be friends with them, but if, if you're very like surface level, you kind of see someone every day, like, like, like kind of thing. Like that's how you get close to people with like that shared life experience. Cause dumping your heart on the, for a weekend with someone like doesn't make you like friends. You don't have that common life in that same way. And I think eating is a big part of like that shared experience. I agree because in, in the past, um, me and my family, we always ate at the table and I never, I never understood going like just t- picking your food up from the table and just going into um into your room and eating. You know, it's very it's very isolating. Food is a very communal thing in that like you get to experience it with others and it's a common common thing to to hear. So yeah, like whenever I go on um or or just whenever I get to eat a meal with uh with others, it's a very it's a very fulfilling thing because it's like you're you're sharing something in common, right? You get to connect like that. I think this might be like a cultural thing too, because like when you go to the American restaurant, like you order a meal for yourself, someone else orders meals for themselves. But if you go to any Asian restaurant, it's like family style. You you order like eight different things, and everyone shares. Like it, it's the vibe is like so much different. And also like you go you go you like like another thing is like in, in actually I'll, I'll let you speak and then and then I'll I'll say I'll say the, my other thing there. I wanted to yeah I wanted to add to that because there's this restaurant in Houston that we used that me and my family used to go to on. Uh, on Sundays and stuff, and they have like this lunch deal. It's called Vinhua. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have these lunch deals where it's like five dollars a plate, but you you get to share it with your family, and then they give you this this big red this like this red container filled with uh, steamed rice. The cylindrical red container with like the lid that has a little like cylindrical nub on it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And then you take it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just get that paddle. Like, bro, that 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 red cylinder that is. Uh, Actually, I will pop off on this on another thing where I, I want to I want to make a word that draws a distinction between cylinders that are taller than they are wider or wider than they are taller. And I know for spheroids they have prolate and oblong spheroids, so we should call them like oblong uh, cylinders. But basically, there's, an, there's the, the different topic. There's an oblong, sorry, not oblong. There's a prolate s- cylindrical rice container at the the Asian like Chinese and Vietnamese especially uh, like I it's more Chinese uh, like places that in which you share communal food and it's really really awesome. One of my favorite things that me and my family get there is we always get this fried flatfish with like this. I don't know what it is, but I think about that a lot. And also this crispy fried noodles with like the same kind of like oyster. I think it's like an oyster sauce. I don't know what it is. Very good. Very delicious. Vinhua in in like the Bel Air area. Yeah, no, that that's yeah. Wow. Some some of the things that I really like are like this uh mukrangmoi or nohurangmoi, which is like the salt and pepper squid, like the salt and pepper oh. tofu. Bro, that stuff is that stuff is wonderful. That's the that, that, that certified childhood classics. Yes. I I I'm a casual in that I really like like this Mongolian beet or like pepper steak. That's good. That's good too. But like, um, whenever you get that, yeah, that spice, that salt and pepper squid, just that basic seasoning. It's also that in Asian food, it's very simple. Yes. Very simple food. Very simple ingredients. You literally just take some fried squid, stir fry it in salt, pepper, maybe some bell peppers and onions. That's it. You're happy. That's that's what it. And then you get to share that with your family. And it's one of those large tables with a with a with a lazy Susan in the middle. Susan. <laughs> yeah. No. That's 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 so good. And uh, another thing is. Oh, well, sometimes what American people do, well, you see this a lot, where it's like everyone gets their own meal and like everyone pays for themselves. But anytime like my family goes out, it's like we ordered like, like it'll be like my family, my aunt's family, my, my uncle's family. And like, and like one person be like, oh, I, I got us this time. And someone else gets the other time. And even if someone's not there or someone like pays more often than others, it's it's okay because it's like, it's like a, it's like a family. And it, it's not like we don't pay each other back for things like, like we pay each other back for like flights and stuff. But like, just like when you go out to eat, it's like, I wish there was more of a culture in America of like, oh, I'll cover everyone this time. And the next time I trust that somebody else will, 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 will cover us. And part of that is just, it's, it seems very like uh community. It seems very home. Cause like, if you go out, out to eat with your parents, like, it's like, oh, let, let's split. Like, some, some people do do that, but it's, 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 it's like, it's so like individualistic and like, impersonal yeah i remember uh, like there was this one time after mass 
because um we have this there's this fam there was this uh, group chat of Filipino families that we were in in Facebook. I only learned about this recently that my family told me is like we have this thing called the Houston Pinoy Group, the HPG. I remember um there was this one time after a Sunday mass we went to Vinhua. It was like six families. They stuck us in a corner, but not one not one family covered the bill. It was like each family covered their own bill, but we got to sit like with one another. You know what I mean? Like we had the kids table, we'd all sit with with one another and we'd all like commune uh, like commune like that. Yeah, I guess it makes sense because for my family it's like it's the same group of like four families that go. But if you go a one-time thing, of course it makes sense to split the bill. Uh but yeah, just like the whole aspect of community eating just seems like like whenever I take my I took one of my friends to like a Chinese place and was like, "Oh, do I order one you order?" One? I'm like, "No, no, no. We're going to order like three or f- we're going to like three dishes and then we're just going to split the bill in half." Uh, independent of who ate however how much food like if you're counting fractions like something about that just seems so like stingy that it's just it's very i don't know it's like you're very exact it's like there's some a certain level of like charity but also a certain level of just like building a common life of just like yeah like i pay the bill this time you pay the bill next time and it's not like a oh let me remember how much you paid me so no it's just like a it's like a generosity thing but it's also like a generosity not expecting someone to pay you back but like in like the common knowledge that like oh yeah like you cover me this time I'll, co- I'll cover you I'll cover you next time and if and if I go over one or under one like it's it's all very chill because we love each other yeah and that's uh, yeah I mean that's how I hope to I guess approach relationships that's something that um that's definitely something to work on is like because I always some there was I had this past like thing of thinking like oh we um we split it in half or whatever but really it's like you cover one time next time your partner may cover but that's not entirely true that could you like in friendships and stuff that that would be like the case but as a man i'm paying every time <laughs> uh oh oh you mean like when you like take a woman out kind of thing you pay yeah i think it's just a chivalrous thing to do i don't know that could be something that that's something that could change i don't know yeah, I, I I think it's not. especially like if it's like a uh, like dates kind of thing. You ask someone on a date, you 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 pay, uh, and it's one of those things. Like I've heard, like oh, the person who asks is the person who pays. But like, like, uh, like uh, which uh, has the assumption like oh, if the girl asks and the girl pays. But I, I feel like uh, most of the times, especially on like a first date, like the the guy pursuing is like a very it's a very good holy thing, you know. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's I mean that's just how how I've always. Um, Viewed it as is like, I'm the one that's gonna as a man I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one that pays or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's very based. <laughs> so I guess, um, what do you have any other questions for me? I don't have any. What is your favorite color? My favorite color recently has been green. I don't know what would you call this this green right here because I got an iPad recently and I got a case and it's like this green. It's like a very like like evergreen forest green kind of thing. But but not just forest green. It's not like the deciduous tree green. It's like the like the for like an evergreen green. So it's kind of like that that darker tone. Yeah, I really I I really like that color recently. I'm not much of a green person, but uh, so for some reason, it's been speaking to me. I've always liked blue as well. I don't know. So you're a blue person. I think I think it de- it depends. Really, I've never thought deeper of how, how what my favorite color is. My favorite color is purple. Why is that? Why is my favorite color purple? Well, I've explained this on a previous podcast episode, you fake fan. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> He's got on. Oh, well, I don't know what that is. I've only heard about the Kedcast like last semester. Yeah, why is my favorite color purple? Um, when I was in high school, the robotics team was purple, and I wore that hoodie like every day, so I like purple. See, it doesn't have to be that deep. Okay, I, I respect that. Purple is the color of Advent and Lent, so it's very penitential. And I like to think about purple in the sense that, like, it purple represents like the weight of one's sins, but part of that is also through like 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 Christ comes to save us despite us having the weight. Not even despite, but like in and through our wounds, and he it comes like and at the end of 
of what do we get at the end of the penitential season of Advent? Christ becoming man. And why did he become man? It's eventually to lead to the cross, and which is what Lent leads to. And then in that same way, uh, that, that the, the weight of our sins in Lent is what leads to Christ suffering and dying on the cross for us. One of the reasons I like purple. Another reason is purple traditionally has been the color of royalty. And so it always reminds me that I'm like a beloved like son of the king, like like of 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 my heavenly father, and that I am I am his royalty, that like like I am his and he is mine. Wow. See now that that's a great answer. Because I've you know, I've never thought about that. But going to the topic of I guess sins and repentance, you know, I've I've really I've there's something recently that um I've really grown to love. I mean, I've always loved um the sacrament of reconciliation, but I've recently learned to um to grow in relationship with the Lord and cl- grow closer to the sacrament. I don't know, it's very interesting. I always view I've now I view reconciliation as a gift. It is. It truly is. It um I don't know. It's it it I've always seen it as like a terrifying thing, but Yeah, I know. Reconciliation it definitely can be terrifying. It's like, who's this random dude? Why am I telling him like my deepest, darkest secrets? Uh but I mean it's 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 a little scary at times. But I mean, it's one of those things that like the 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 priest is trained to forget. And probably prob uh, I I I might have I think I heard this from a priest where it's like you pray to forget the the other thing because they, they don't matter. And whenever you go to confession, as far as the east is from the west, so too are your sins from you when you have contrition for them. And whenever the priest says the words that I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, those sins are, are no more. What is your favorite cookie? Oh, my favorite cookie? I've been thinking about this recently. It's like... Instead of chocolate chips, I like chocolate chunk. But then you you put a little bit of like peanut butter in there, like a peanut butter chocolate cookie. Mm, my goodness! And then imagine imagine that with like a cold glass of milk. Oh. What about a warm glass of milk? Now nah, now nah, that's crazy. I'm not a big fan of 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 a warm glass of milk. I've I've never have been. Have you ever tried like just like? water but it's like maybe 70 degrees fahrenheit like lukewarm water i I think you'd be surprised oh it's just i mean but it's it's milk well so what like no well i'm talking about water now uh or like do you you ever just drink like it's not it's not it's not hot water to to soothe your throat it's like very mildly warm-ish, lukewarm room temperature, slightly more than that water. That's just like nice. No, I think I think mine has to be a little colder. I don't know. That's just a preference. I've never thought about it that much. I don't know. I think that cold beverages are very easy to enjoy. And so are hot beverages. But lukewarm beverages are the ones that you just like down. So sometimes, like when I first started drinking coffee, I would only drink lukewarm coffee. Like I would add, add ice to it and I would wait for it to melt and then just let it sit around so that it'd reach an equilibrium. And then I would just like down the entire thing because I drank coffee for the boost. Gosh, that's crazy. That's like my mom. She'll make a cup of coffee and then she won't touch it. And then she'll she'll drink that over the course of like an hour or two. She never finishes it. Which is also crazy to me. I'm like, why aren't you finishing your coffee? You're just wasting it. But she's not because she's going to drink it later as well. But it's not like hot or it's not like cold either. Well, I'm not drinking over a long period of time. I'm drinking it, or at least I did. Uh, right These days, I really like iced coffee uh, or like cold brew, but uh, consumed cold. But like, yeah, back then, I, I, it was not a long period of time. I would like down this entire cup of lukewarm coffee in like the whole five seconds it takes to chug something. Why, why, why did you, why do you like lukewarm? Why did you, why did you, um, did you enjoy that? Or did you just like push through it because you were like, oh, I need to, I need to do this. Yeah. Way back when, oh, maybe like two years ago at this point, I did not like the taste of coffee. So it was just like purely for the boost and it definitely had an effect. These days, uh, coffee doesn't really have an effect on me too much, but it's not like I have it. I have coffee maybe once like a, like a, every two weeks or so. It's basically whenever I need it, I know it gives me a little bit of an extra boost, but it's not like I can't sleep. Or sorry, it's not like I can't stay awake without it. 
And if I drink it right before I go to bed, I like stay awake. Uh, it's a, it's it's a good midpoint that my re- current relationship with coffee. I think it's pretty solid. You know, I've never I've never been a big coffee drinker. I don't think I still I, I don't think I am even now. I've never I've never been a fan of coffee, but I know at work whenever because I work very early in the morning, like f- I wake up at four a.m. to get to work at five, and it's like they have a coffee machine. And there was this one day I was like, oh, I, I just need a cup of coffee. I just need to go like a cup of Joe. So I made a cup of coffee, and um. I found myself drinking coffee every day for like two weeks. I was like, I got to stop this. I don't want to get stuck on this. So I was like, but I've never been, I've, I've never liked like the taste of whenever people ask me like, how do you want to go get like coffee or something? I'm like, I'm not a big fan of hot drinks or like tea. I'm, I don't know. I've, I, I'm more of a iced coffee person, but even then I drink that sparingly more like, like once every three weeks or not even like maybe once a month or something. Yeah. I think coffee is one of the things you can enjoy from time to time, but Yeah. I guess we're not too regular of coffee drinkers. No, but my roommate is this crazy coffee drinker. He says he drinks coffee every day. And I'm like, how how are you doing this? This is like this is like affecting you. You're you're addicted because then that next cup of coffee. He said one time while he was um he was doing schoolwork, he went to a he went to a coffee shop and asked them, hey, give me the strongest thing you got. And they gave him like what is it? Seven, seven shots of espresso. And I was like, what are, what are you doing? You're like, you're like giving your, you're like making your heart race. And it's like, yeah, was you like, you're going to crash. I don't know. Coffee. To, if, whenever you grow a reliance on coffee like that, it's, it's kind of crazy to me. It, I don't know. It's, it's an addiction. That's what it is. You know, confuses me more. The people who are like, Oh, I like coffee, but I only like it from Starbucks. So they spend like, eight, like seven bucks every single day, bro. Uh, like, that's like 50 bucks a week. Like that is absurd. Like that's so much money. Like, like even the times I have coffee, I make it at home. I buy the bulk bag from Sam's club that lasts me a while. Uh, even if it like degrades in like flavor, uh, it's fine. But also like the people who buy Starbucks really, really often, like it's just something about it. It's just expensive. And is it even that good? You can make it at home, but it's like, no, I want someone else to make it. I don't want, but that, that costs, bro, bro, I, I will make coffee for you. Pay me, please. Yeah, it's just not the prudent thing to do to um to buy coffee every day at like Starbucks, which also irks me. Is like, why are you spending that much on coffee? And Ethan called me out on this one day, and I was like, Oh, I could make that fifty bucks back in like three hours. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, the like, oh, I could make that fifty bucks back in three hours of work, but that's like, that's like the logic of somebody who lives like, uh, like, oh. If fifty dollars means I have fifty dollars to spend, and and that means you're spending a hundred percent of what you make, and that's not smart financials in terms of like 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 it's always good to have like a bird's eye view, higher up perspective of what your finances are doing and how that works, just so you can make good financial decisions about especially the amount of money that you want to save because that's well, so you make good decisions in life. Amen. Yeah. So I don't know. Coffee is not my thing. I don't think I'll. I don't really go to Starbucks regularly. The thing I love there, though, chocolate croissant. Yeah, I I, I haven't really gone to to I, I haven't really gone to uh, Starbucks, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like yeah, that's nice. Well, do you have any parting words for the the, the folks at home? I do. Um, attend Sunday Mass. Uh, the Eucharist is Jesus Christ. I don't know. I've I've re- I've recently been hearing this is or not hearing, but I've recently grown to know this is like to lo- like love the Eucharist because that's how you can grow so much closer to to God. Because the Eucharist is God. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess I'll say bye to the viewers at home. Okay. Bye-bye. Toodles. <laughs>